I had built a company over 20 years that was completely dependent on me. It did not have any foundation. It had no processes. The processes were Ask Ted. And what I realized is that that then took all the value away when I stepped back and tried to fill a different position. Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever. Stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risk, but to win big, you've got to reduce it. Join our community to claim your podcast listener discount on my Valuation Masterclass Bootcamp, where students learn how to value companies like a pro and advance their career. Go to myworstinvestmentever.com to join the community for free. Fellow risk takers, this is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stotts from A. Stotts Academy, and I'm here with featured guest, Ted Klauser. Ted, are you ready to rock? I'm ready, Andrew. Yes, let's do it. Well, I'll introduce you to my audience. Ladies and gentlemen, Ted started in technology at the age of 16 when he formed his own computer business. In 1996, he joined PC Assistance of Little Rock, and he and his wife purchased the business in 2018. Within a year, Ted rebranded to PCA Technology Solutions and has expanded to a total of three locations. Passionate about both people and technology, his firm focuses on cybersecurity, IT consulting, and professional services, managed IT services, and voice over internet protocol. Married in 1998 to Stephanie, Ted has a daughter at the University of Alabama and his son, who is recently entering Scotland Prep in Pennsylvania. Ted, take a minute and fill any further tidbits about your life. Well, I appreciate that wonderful introduction, Andrew. You know, one other tidbit is uh, I actually grew up on a dairy farm, ironically, in central Pennsylvania, where my son is now relocated to finish his senior year. That was totally coincidental. And I, I did what every wonderful young dairy farming kid did that cannot grow or fix anything. And that is I left. And so I looked for an opportunity elsewhere where I could try to use my talents wisely. And for those people listening that never been to Pennsylvania, I mean, it's, it's a lot of it's it's actually a really beautiful country. And I know my ancestors from Germany settled in Pittsburgh, but I know that a lot of agricultural type of people went to Pennsylvania and, you know, there's all kinds of types of farms and the like, but so it's not surprising to hear about a dairy farm, but I'm just curious, is it true that, you know, you got to wake up at the crack of dawn or <laughs> someone else do all that? Well, it is true. You know, I, uh, I didn't wake up at the 6 a.m. shift like my older brothers did, but I, I was usually out there by 6.30 to do some chores before heading off to school. So definitely, mm -hmm. a, it's, it's a lifestyle for sure. It's interesting because we're seeing so much more consumption of milk and meat here in Asia. And so we're seeing a lot more farms coming up and that type of thing. And uh, kind of goes back in time in some ways. <laughs> yeah, so, well... Now it's time to share your worst investment ever. And since no one goes into their worst investment thinking it will be, tell us a bit about the circumstances leading up to it and then tell us your story. Yeah, absolutely. So ironically, my worst investment ever is the company that I am the CEO of today. 
<laughs> and so this all began back in 1996 when, as part of my intro, Andrew had alluded, I joined a company called PC Assistance. And I was employee number five, somewhere along that realm, and really was fortunate enough to spend my entire career at that organization. So somewhere around 2018, the uh, founder and CEO, Ben Thomas, had decided that he was ready for an exit strategy. So we began the conversation. And I was executive vice president at the time. We had over 20 employees. Things were very successful. And through the process, it seemed like a slam dunk. This seemed like a perfect transition. It made complete sense. Little did I know that over the course of that transition, I would learn all the things that people tried to tell me about the transition and the changes that would occur as I went from VP to president and CEO. What's interesting is that I was adamant that nothing would change because I acted like a president and CEO. So it was going to be a smooth transition. So let's go back during the process, 2017, prior to that purchase. You know, I've, I've been married for almost 23 years. So I knew, obviously, I needed my wife to be a part of the process. The problem was that I didn't allow her to be a part of the entire process. Mm -hmm. I allowed her to really support me through it and say, you know, it sounds like you thought of everything. And I, and I tried to get her advice, but I really didn't allow her to walk through the process with me. I also didn't really listen to the advisors that tried to tell me that I needed to prepare for that transition. I kept standing, I'm a man of faith, so I kept standing on the fact that God had aligned it all and set it up to be a perfect transition. And in hindsight, he did. It just wasn't for the reasons that I thought. So fast forward to, to January 1st, 2018, when we took over ownership, it was great. I was on a high. Things were really beginning to fall together, and I felt like it was a dream come true. And for about six months, it was. And then the nightmare began. And what really began to unfold over the course of an, about 20 months after that was an identity crisis and a state of depression and a complete changing of who I was as a person as a result. And what I learned through it is that I had built a company over 20 years that was completely dependent on me. It did not have any foundation. It had no processes. The processes were Ask Ted. And what I realized is that that then took all the value away when I stepped back and tried to fill a different position. And so we had a 20 plus year old company that really was a baby. It might as well have been a, an organization that had started six months ago. And during that process, I re also recognized that I had an unhealthy identity with the organization that I really saw myself as PC assistants. And as I stripped that away, as I moved into a president and CEO role, and I tried to run the company, I tried to be the vision caster instead of the guy that did it, it really changed who I was. So during that time, I also turned 40. I had a daughter that went off to college. I celebrated 20 years of marriage. So I'm going through all of these massive life changes while I invest in this company and go immensely into debt. Oh, by the way, I also bought a building for the company as well. So it was 
everything that I could do simultaneously. Did and you so buy the about, building as a result of the transaction, or that was an, another decision that you decided to do? It was a separate decision okay. because I wanted to just start off new. And this was mm-hmm. a way to really separate it. And this was going to be Ted's the new CEO, and this is going to be amazing. Well, as I'm shared, I'm a man of faith. And so I firmly believe that God was instrumental in the decision. But what I now know is that that six months after that transition occurred, I went into just a massive state of depression. And we're talking about by three o'clock in the afternoon, I was in the bathtub. I would be unable to get out of bed in the mornings. I was just in this constant state of fear. And it, and it began to consume me. I was literally fearing about things that might happen 18 months in the future. And over a course of that 18 to 20 months, it, I mean, the company, I am so thankful for the people that were alongside of me in that organization. Certainly my wife, who also is our chief brand officer, our COO, they really rose up and carried that company when I just couldn't function. And you know, I'm very thankful that we've come around and we're in a much better place. And I've been able, and, and quite honestly, the pandemic changed a little bit of that because I, I battled for 20 months of feeling like a failure. Like I had put us in this predicament that I was watching all of the things crumble around and I felt responsible. Well, the pandemic, as awful as it was, felt like a level playing field again. So it, it changed. I was already on the back end of it, fortunately. So I'd struggled with it for, for 18 months, but it allowed me to come back. And we really began then to focus on building up a stronger foundation than we ever had, which has put us to where we are today. And the reason why I say it was that worst investment is because all of that stuff should have been done in the first place. Before the company was purchased, before I took it on, that foundation should have been built. And unfortunately, I'm the reason why it wasn't. I was that person that wanted my hands on everything. And I fueled myself off of that control. I didn't need processes. I didn't need documentation. I would take care of it all. And that is what made it the worst investment ever. Mm. Yeah, there's so much to this story. That you know, I think touches all of us. But let's first ask, you know, what lessons? How would you describe the lessons that you learned from it? I have surrounded myself with advisors through this process, and that is where I went wrong. I didn't rely on my wife the way that I needed to. I didn't allow people to walk me through the process. I didn't have business coaches to to even the transaction itself. I really, I really championed that whole thing, and I guess in a sense, rodeoed it because I didn't seek the counsel that I needed to really think through and plan for the things that I was about to enter into. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to grab a book off of my shelf here because it made me think of it. <laughs> okay. See if I got to stretch over there because I got my headset on and all that. But this is one of my favorite books and uh, you may have heard of it, As a Man Thinketh by James okay. Allen. And this, this book was published in... 1903. But what makes this book quite interesting is if you, if you can see on the inside of it, I'll show it for the people that are watching the video. It says, no, it says to Dave from dad, Uh 1954. So my grandfather gave this to my father and my father gave it to me. Hmm. And there's a passage in it that I just want to read. 
that I put up on my wall many years ago when I was going through a very a fearful and stressful time. And James Allen wrote this, having conceived of his purpose, a man should mentally mark out a straight pathway to its achievement, looking neither to the right nor the left. Doubts and fears should be rigorously excluded. They are disintegrating elements which break up the straight line of effort, rendering it crooked, ineffectual, useless. Thoughts of doubt and fear never accomplish anything and never can. They always lead to failure. And, you know, what first thing that I think about, you know, is that whenever we make a big move in our life, there's doubts and fears. And in fact, you probably needed more doubt and fear prior (laughs) to doing the transaction because that may have motivated you to say, okay, I need to do more. But there are, I know for the listeners out there, now is a time of doubt and fear about our jobs, about the future, about what's happening around us, about people getting sick, all of this stuff. And so we're living. And then, of course, we have, thanks to our media all around us, they're pumping doubt and fear into Uh us. Uh And the natural reaction when we get overwhelmed with it is, yeah, I mean, to metaphorically climb into the bathtub. And I know for me, many times I've just gone into my bedroom and just say, I'm going to bed, mom. You know, she's like, well, it's 630 at night. I'm like, (laughs) I just, I can't take it anymore. Right. Also doubt and fear has brought me to my knees during the Mm -hmm. crisis where I kind of had to reconnect with my own higher power to, to get strength to get through it. So that's one of the things that you made me think about is, you know, doubt, doubt and fear can motivate us at times, but ultimately to be successful and get through things, we have to put those things aside somehow. Now, the second thing is that I wrote, I wrote down the word listen, and you were saying that you didn't really fully listen. It's hard to listen. And my biggest lesson for listening for the listeners out there is get a piece of paper and a pen because you can't talk when you're writing. And when other people speak, shut up and write down what they're saying. And challenge yourself to only ask questions and write it down. So that's the second thing. The third thing is I wrote down, I wrote down, are, are you, meaning to the listeners out there, are you telling the whole story? When you're talking to a friend, mm-hmm. when you're talking to your wife, a girlfriend, a father, a cousin, a, a colleague, are you really telling the full story? You're probably not, ladies and gentlemen, because even if we wanted to, emotionally and mentally, we sometimes don't even have the capacity to remember or think of the story in a clear-headed way. So this is really a challenge to everybody out there that you need to tell the whole story. And that's the only way that you're really going to get the full advice. And that means you've got to really, really trust. All right, there's more, but wait, (laughs) but wait, there's more, Ted. I've got a new saying for my listeners out there, and that is, don't ask Ted. And <laughs> Don't ask my, Ted. Yeah, my meaning to this is that if you have a situation where everybody's saying, you know, go ask Andrew, go ask mm. this guy, because he's, you know, you know that you now are building a business on one person and not on systems. So I really want to, you know, if everybody's coming to you and asking you things, you got to start to ask, you know, don't ask, say, don't ask me. 
<laughs> don't ask Ted, you know, don't ask me. And then the last thing is I say, when you take over a business, particularly when you, when you start, build the damn cash flow. Yes. Build the cash. Cash, cash is not king. Cash flow is king because cash flow builds the cash stockpile. And when you're already in a tumultuous enough time when you're taking over a business, don't invest in anything. Build the cash flow. And then that gives you some peace of mind. You have this warm blanket of cash flow to comfort yourself in your times mm -hmm. of doubt and need. That's five things I took away from the story. <laughs> Ted, is there anything you would add? Uh, no, that's a great takeaway, Andrew. You know, the one thing I guess I might add is, is my business coach in the beginning did give me an acronym for fear. It's false evidence appearing real. And it's certainly very true. And quite honestly, some of those things that I feared in the future did happen. But guess what? I'm still here. And as I went through the process, part of it is, you know, I've, I've started a, a go win the day mantra. And where that really came about was my own self need. I remember towards the end, as I really had gone through everything possible, I, I really exercised everything I could to try to get myself out of that state of depression. My lovely wife said to me, all right, so what's the worst thing that can happen? I said, well, this, 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 and this. And she goes, that sounds bad. Then what? Well, well then this, 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 and this, and that's going to be awful. And she goes, yep, that would be terrible. Well, then what? And I go, what do you, what do you mean then? That's awful. She goes, it is. Well, what's, what's the worst thing that can happen? So, well, that's it. And she goes, okay, the way to work out of this is one day at a time. Mm. You've got to go win today, make it successful. Don't worry about tomorrow. You're going to get out of this one day at a time. And so as I've tried to really focus on this whole go win the day attitude, that was for my own self-preservation as much as anything. Because in order to get myself out of this constant fear of what might happen, I had to look at winning every single day. I wanted to put it in chunks that I felt like I could accomplish. And I felt like I could win a day. I didn't think at that time I could win a month, certainly not a year, but I could win the day. Mm -hmm. And so that turned into the beginning of my getting back to where I am now. Win the day, one day at a time. I'm also reminded of a, a song by Soundgarden called Fell on Black Days. And in the lyrics, you know, he's talking about, you know, fear. And it mm -hmm. says, what, whatsoever I feared has come to light. And what, whatsoever I fought off became my life. <laughs> and he says, another one is, till what you wanted to see good has made you blind. And what you wanted to be yours has made it mine. In other words, I love it. the fear holding on to things tightly. This is how we lose things, mm -hmm. not gain them. So, wow, so much mm -hmm. to learn. All right. So now a lot to take away from that. And I want to ask you next, right? Based upon what you learned from this story and what you continue to learn, I want you to think about that young man or woman out there. They're getting ready, thinking, I'm going to take over this business. What one action would you recommend our listeners take to avoid suffering the same fate? I would say truly seek wise counsel. I asked a lot of people for their input and I tried to gather information, but I wasn't truly seeking wise counsel. 
I was just trying to find justification for what I had already decided in my mind. Mm. A big difference. <laughs> big difference. Yeah. And last question. What's your number one goal for the next 12 months? You know, we are firing on all cylinders right now as an organization. So professionally, my goal is to make sure I don't get in the way of what my team is doing. I am uh, I'm here to cast the vision of where we are taking the, our organization at PCA Technology Solutions. And I need to do my job, but I need to stay out of the way of the foundation that everybody's worked so hard to build. Personally, I've got a daughter that's going to be married in a year. So I'm, I'm working hard to be the best father that I can be. I have a son that'll graduate high school and I have a, a wife that, you know, we're in the empty nest season. So personally, I want to make sure that I'm the best husband and the best father that I can be through the process too. Beautiful. Well, listeners, there you have it. Another story of loss to keep you winning. My number one goal for the next 12 months is to help you, my listener, reduce risk and increase return in your life. To achieve this, I've created our community at myworstinvestmentever.com. And when you join, you get the special discount to my Valuation Masterclass Bootcamp. As we conclude, Ted, I want to thank you again for coming on the show. And on behalf of A. Stotts Academy, I hereby award you alumni status for turning your worst investment ever into your best teaching moment. Do you have any parting words for the audience? You know, go for it. Dream big. Seek that counsel and go win the day every day. Beautiful. And that's a wrap on another great story to help us create, grow, and protect our well fellow risk takers. This is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stott, saying, I'll see you on the upside.